0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, you're going to love today. We're going to pray for people, and people are going to get better in this place. And uh, my goodness, um, I was I prayed the other day. I was in London, England, and I was praying and are speaking, and there was a guy, and they go, "Hey, this is Boy George. He does all of his sound." For Boy George and a bunch of other artists. And the guy's got MS and he hasn't been able to stand or stomp, right? He, he moves all jerky in his body. And I spoke the Bible, which I'm going to do today just for a little bit, not going to go long, long with speaking. And I spoke just for about 15 to 20 minutes and I talked about what Jesus can do, and he goes, I'm open if God can help me, and the guy walked all contorted in his body walking up. He goes, I don't need something naturally, I need something supernaturally, because I've exhausted my resources and what medical science can do. And we prayed a little prayer to a really big God. Isn't that awesome about God? You could say the littlest prayers, like you can't convince God to be bigger than he is but you can release your faith in him. And we've prayed a little prayer and the presence of God touched this gentleman and he took off running and being able to move his legs and stomp and he was looking at his legs and he goes, I can't do this, I can't do this. And he's probably 40 years of age. He goes, there's no way I can't do this. There's no, I can't medically do this. And he took off running and the guys completely healed because Jesus still helps people, isn't that cool? I want to give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give him some energy. All right. Pastor Phil, I'm going to switch it up today. I gave you scriptures, but I'm going to go a different route. Is that okay? All right. Mark chapter 5. It's on the right-hand side of the Bible. And it is going to be verse 25 through 34. I'm going to read it. And I'm going to actually challenge you. How many people read their Bible, let's say, four times a week? Okay. I know it's an honest moment of honesty. Do you know, actually, if you read your Bible uh, four times a week, do you know that you'll feel less spiritually dead by 66%? You'll reduce anger and bitterness by over 42%, and you'll actually reduce fear by over 50% just by reading the Bible out loud four times a week? Wouldn't that be a great investment? Come on. So I'm gonna encourage you to read the whole chapter every single day this week. Do you like little assignments? Do you like little challenges? Okay, can everybody read here? Come on, if not, we'll pray for you, okay? But if you can read every day this week, Mark chapter 5, it's only, so you know, it's only 43 verses. It's going to take you five minutes. You can put the Word of God in you. And if I encourage you to read it out loud, because as you read it, it will change your life. Uh, I was asked on a talk show recently, why do I use the Bible? and um, I was able even to do it a couple of days ago with Deepak Chopra's people on Friday in an interview, and I reused the Bible because I don't want to build my life on pop psychology. I don't want to build my stuff on something trendy. I want to build my life on eternal truth. I don't know about you. This world's not all there is to live in, And I want to build my life on something that's sturdy. When life's not sturdy, this is sturdy. When things are shaky, this can anchor me. When I am weak, this can give me strength. When I'm sick, this can heal. Come on somebody. When I'm struggling with my thoughts, this can bring peace. It can calm a storm. This is a living, breathing word of God, not a bunch of stories from a bunch of people that happened four thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. This is a living, breathing word. And when you open it up and let God speak to you, it's amazing. He breathes like oxygen into your soul. You can see things you don't see. You can feel things you don't feel. It challenges and changes your perspective. How many feel that? This word can change you. I didn't know it could until my mama said, you need to get it inside you. And I'll, Yeah, 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 right. You know, you do that, mom. I'll live on your faith. But how many know you can't live on secondhand information? We've learned that through the political world over the last five years. Come on. Everybody's telling lies. Come on. No matter what color they are or what network they are, they're all full of lies. Smile, even if you got three teeth, try it. It'll be good. Mark chapter five, we're using the Bible today. It says this, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. Someone say a long time. Verse 26, she suffered many things from many doctors. She spent all that she had to get better, but she didn't get better. She grew worse or it actually means deteriorated. And then it says this, verse 27. When she heard the reports of Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she came and she touched his garment or his robe. And she kept saying, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Someone say, I shall be, say like you got energy, say I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain or the source of her blood, it dried up at the source and she felt in her body that she got healed of her disease. Verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself the power went out of him, turned around in the crowd and goes, yo, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? The disciples goes, you see all those people around you? All the people touching he goes, no, 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 no. He looked around to see who had done this. And when he found her, this woman came forward trembling with fear and said, "Uh, Lord, here's why I came and touched you. Verse 34. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Someone say my faith will work for me. Can you turn me down just a little bit? I won't yell. I'm on a little bit less that I have left of my voice, but I won't yell. Okay. How many know your faith can make a massive difference? The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible says, it's only through your faith that you can be born again and saved to make heaven your home. The Bible says, we are to walk not by what we see, not by what we feel, but we are to regulate our lives by our faith, not our political bias not by our medical bias, not by what your friends say, not by what the people who like you or your haters say on Instagram, but we are to regulate our lives by faith and we are to walk by what God's word says, not by what we see. It's why I like to say this statement, you don't let what you see talk you out of what God said. Someone say that's good right there, huh? I mean, there's a lot of things that you see that can talk you out of what God said because often God's word initially looks like a lie because he calls you blessed when you're struggling. He calls you at peace when you might have a little turmoil on the inside. Anybody there? He calls you healed when you might be battling a diagnosis. He calls you righteous when you still might be struggling with sin. Because God's confident that his word has the ability, if you will receive it by faith, to produce in you the very thing that he said. He calls what's not as though it is. The Bible says your faith, you can receive healing over and over and over. Blind people, according to your faith. Not according to even, he said, his power. He said it was according to people's faith. And Luke 5, it says the power of God was present to heal them all, but only one person got healed. Isn't that crazy that the God's power was there for everyone to get well, but only one guy got well when he decided to climb through the roof? Well, most of us would say, oh, that's, that's unacceptable in our day. I was speaking at our friend, pastor, and I have a friend, Michael McMaiden's church a couple weeks ago. And at the very beginning of the meeting, I said something and you could feel like God just bam, hit this place. And this mama brought up her son and says, my son has struggles with all these different conditions and he's sitting there and he can't walk very well and interrupted the whole meeting. But she heard a word that God was present and she goes, I did not want to wait till the end of the meeting. Most of us, the ushers are trying to get her. It's okay, miss. Wait till the minister gets done and he does the prayer part at the end. That mama, come on, with her 20 something year old son that had mental disabilities and physical challenges, she heard the word of God and she was like that person that went to the roof. She had faith that was now, not then, but now. Anybody got some now faith inside of them? Come on. Where you want to grab out and get a hold of something? That young guy took off running. It's online. You can see him. He, the guy, the power of God hit that guy, and he got a lot better. And he to get totally better. He got a lot, a lot, a lot better mentally. He could communicate where he wasn't communicating. But a mama's faith changed the whole dynamic. Faith can change your economy. Faith can change your family. One guy came to Jesus, and his son was suffering all kinds of terror attacks being thrown into the pool and the fire, and intended to kill him. And one guy's faith, he came on behalf of his kid. And God honored the man's faith and healed his family because of his faith. How many know your faith can make a massive difference for your family? So what's powerful about this story is here is this woman. And it's interesting, it says she spent all she had. So I've done some research. This was a wealthy woman, she was an owner of a business. Her life was then about creating. She had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I like to I, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs on a weekly basis. I, I have about a thousand of them every single third Tuesday of, or second Tuesday of every month They go online all over the world. And I speak to them. I love an entrepreneurial spirit because I believe that's much like God. Even the 12 disciples were all business owners. He didn't actually go after a pastor. He didn't go after an evangelist. He didn't go after a prophet. He didn't go after an apostle. He went after 12 business people. Because Jesus liked it when people bet on themselves and they're willing to run something, take initiative for the success of something. I think you have a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit inside you. That's why Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, it says, do business till I come. Come on, somebody gotta work something on this planet. We're not just waiting to get to heaven. We're going to be faithful. And being faithful is not just managing what you have, but multiplying and maximizing what you have. Ooh, can I say that for a minute? It's off course for a little bit of my speech. But how many know that if you're to do business on this planet, God gave you something in your hand that will create something in your future if you'll work it. If you've got a slack hand, a poor hand, you become poor. But if you're diligent, your life can become rich. Not riches, but become rich. How many know that's true? The word work is 564 times in the scripture. God intends people to work. And by the way, he does more than enough. That's why they call him El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough. If you really want to see if you're walking in the spirit, when I'm working, do I do what's required or do I do what's required and then a little bit more? Come on, I'm just talking about walking in the spirit of God. Anybody got anybody workers in here? Any diligent people in here? So as an entrepreneurial person, like this woman was, you're always looking at how can I maximize? How can I add more value? How can I be increased the experience I give people? How many of you just started thinking that way and thought that way in your home when you go to a job that maybe you don't even like, you would be of so much more value and you'd actually position yourself for God to be able to bring promotion to you? Oh, you don't want promotion? Oh my gosh, I don't want promotion, Pastor Phil. I just want to be in the background, not me. Let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and bring glory to God in heaven. When Daniel had an excellent spirit, he was in a bad political environment that worshiped the devil, but yet he rose because of the excellent spirit in him and he was so good at maximizing his resources and multiplying his effect that he rose even above a whole nation where he led a nation without having political power. Wouldn't that be awesome that we don't got to wait for Donald Trump or Joe Biden to not fall off his bike to see what they're going to do? Come on. And we rose because of our excellent spirit, our work ethic that comes out of the presence of God, out of the word of God, that we're going to be diligent people and we're going to multiply our resources and bring greater value to people. This is a little side note, but it's good to say this because maybe there's money miracles that God would like to give to people but they're usually on the other side of your obedience. Well, if God wants it to happen, it'll just come. No, it doesn't, come on. He says, do something excellent. He says, I'll bless the work of your hands. That means I gotta put my hand to something if it's gonna bless it. Come on, if I don't know about you, if he promised, just like he promised you eternal life, if you would believe on his son Jesus and the power of the blood, I don't know about you. If he will bless the work of my hands, I want to put him in remembrance and say, God, you said you would bless the work of my hands. There might be negative people, funky people. I don't care for the job. But if you're going to bless the work of my hands and prosper the work of my hands, I'm going to put my hands on a lot of stuff in faith and say, you said it would prosper under my hand. You would prosper under my hand. It's going to prosper under my hand. Why do you got to think of it? Because we've been taught to think limited about God. He just cares about you going to heaven, being super religious. It's not what Jesus did. He came to put a miracle mindset inside of people where they expected. he changed his followers the way they thought about life, their perspective and what they expected in life. I don't know about you. Maybe you want to become a little bit more entrepreneurial and ask yourself, even at home, how can I bring more value here? Not how can I get love, how can I give love? Oh, I know, that's all. That'll break all you all selfishness. Come on, right there. Because every one of us, including the guy talking to you, loves, come on, a little bit of selfishness at times. It's self-care. That's not what the Bible says. Self-sacrifice is my way to finding your real life. Oh, but Oprah says it's self-care. No, he says he would restore my soul, but as I care for other people and so mercy, I read mercy. Are you serving the God of Oprah or are you serving the God of the Bible? Am I serving the God of CNN and Fox News or am I serving the God of the Bible? Am I serving Dr. Fauci or am I serving Jehovah Rapha? The healer. Come on, somebody. It's good. You like it. Why do you say all that? Because you all thinking it and you get hit bombarded all day long by advertisement. And if I can start thinking that way, how can I bring value here? Because expectation is not just what you're hoping will happen for you. It's how much expectation, how much energy you're going to bring to something. What if tomorrow when you go to work, school, your job, you say, God made me to be excellent. You say it out loud with confidence and boldness. And you say, I'm going to bring my A game. I'm going to bring my best. I'm going to bring so much value. I'm going to light people up. Even if I'm not as loud or verbiage like you up on a stage, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to light all my coworkers up. I'm going to empower. I'm going to enlarge them. I'm going to enrich them. How much know, how many know you would position yourself? Because someone's always capable of blessing you. The question is, are you in position to get the blessing? I told the story I think many, many years ago when I spoke here on the first time. One time I went and it was in a big Christian meeting with all these famous Christian speakers. And they all walked by and they had suits on. That's when they all used to wear suits. And they I actually like suits, but they'd wear suits and they they had like this, they had that verbiage, like they would talk like super Pentecostal. Like you say, How are you? You know, I'd go, yo, how you doing? How's life? What's going on? And they'd be like, Praise God, hallelujah. I was like, what in the world? They started talking a language, like, what's wrong with you? Like, yo, what's up? Like, how you feeling? What's your temperature? What's going down with you? And they'd be like, they talk this weird language. But they walked by a woman who was sitting there who looked really, really beat up. And I don't want to put them down. They just walked by and overlooked her. I saw her. I was like, oh, shoot. She looked like she could use a friend. I went and sat next to her for 20 minutes, never gave her my name, Never told her what I'd do. I just sat there and just listened for a minute and just encouraged her for a little bit and walked away. Two weeks later, I pulled up in my driveway and there was a $96,000 convertible Jaguar with a $20,000 check in it. Had no idea the woman that looked poor that did not look like she had much. She was worth $730 million in air of carnation milk and chocolate products. Sitting there beat up, all these other ministers were looking for, they wanted followers and they wanted to get resources for their ministry projects. I could care freaking less. I just saw a woman that was hurting, but I thought in my mind, how can I add more value? I wasn't looking monetary because how many know your rewards in life are determined by the problems you solve for people? Not the problems you create for people. Come on smile that's really good right there how you know that's true come on i and i remember This woman, I had no idea, she looked like she was probably the most lower income economic person that was closest in that circle, yet she was worth more than it all. I had no idea. Two weeks later, she tracked me down. She found out who I was and put it in my driveway. She said, you'll never know how much of 15 minutes that that went for me. It probably stopped something bad from happening in my life. But it was always driven by a question, how can we bring more value? By the way, when you get in the book, Into the Deep, come on. You're going to find out ways to increase your value that makes you more valuable to other people. And what's going to happen? Rewards are going to chase you down. Because what you sow, you reap. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. I got to keep preaching this message. All right. So here's this woman. Let's move a little quick. This woman, she her life's all about creation. She's feeling good. Come on. She's got red bottoms on her shoes, not the fake ones. Come on. She's got things going for her. She's an entrepreneur. She has her own shop. And then all of a sudden, she's at lunch. Maybe she was just like starting to feel like, man, I feel uncomfortable. She didn't know if she was that time of the month or what was going on. But she said, I feel really uncomfortable. I'm going to schedule a doctor's appointment. She schedules a doctor's appointment. And she walked in. She just thought it'd be something normal. Maybe here's a little bit of medicine that you could use or a remedy that will, you know, eliminate the bloating, eliminate the pain, and all of a sudden they go, this is much serious than what we thought. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, y- you're unclean. And with that word, she was given a diagnosis that would radically alter her life. In one minute, a doctor of a law, a doctor, a Pharisee, would say, you're unclean because she had a hemorrhaging side, an issue of blood that all of a sudden made her unclean to be out in public. She would have to move out immediately of the house she was in, the family she was with, and move into a colony with other people that had disorders and just hope she could get well. Her life in one moment of a diagnosis went from creation to fixing her life. She invested in trying to fix her life. She went to the doctor over and over. It says she spent all she had. If you ever study what they used to do, she would buy pigeons and doves when they were babies. When she would buy these pigeons and doves, she would keep them so that when she would go to the doctors every time after doing a treatment, they would say, you've been healed. At that moment, she could offer the sacrifice to the Lord for her healing. But every time they went, they said it kept getting worse. Could you imagine for 12 years seeing all your hopes when she would look at these pigeons and doves? No longer talking to her kids, estranged from her family. Her husband can't sleep with her. She's alone and isolated under the power of a diagnosis. Maybe she had an affair to get that way. I don't know. Maybe her choice created her challenge. Maybe it was the enemy that created that affliction. Come on. How many know sometimes you don't just, sometimes it's not your bad choice. Sometimes the enemy makes you a target. I'm going to destroy their health. And usually what he attacks the most is what he fears the most. You need to get that inside you. Why? Because if he's attacked your health, there must be a call on your life to bring healing to other people, not just to heal, but to heal and bring healing to other people. Maybe that's why he's attacked your health so much if he's attacked your child's ability to read and comprehend, maybe there's a wisdom in him that he'll solve massive problems or he'll create genius things either in the gaming world or in the computer world that will solve massive problems and create data things for people. If he's attacked your money so hard, maybe it's because you are in line and you're anointed to have a spirit of generosity and giving according to Romans 12 that you are to fund things of his kingdom. Oh, no, 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 not just someone's ministry, the ministry, his kingdom. What I love about our church here, this is about his kingdom. We are all in his vineyard. We're working in his vineyard. I don't know about you. I'm not just storing up treasure here. 300,000 people today will be their last day they breathe on this planet called Earth. I don't know about you. We're all working against the clock. And by the way, if you were to... Let me just throw this out there because this will help some people break out of a funk in here. If you were to make a deal and God was to go, yo, it time's up. I'm gonna, you know, in about three hours, you're about out of here. And you go, whoa, 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 God, can I bargain? Go, can I can I get it one more week? Hezekiah did it, he got 14 more years. You can read it in the Old Testament, Isaiah 38. If you got one more week, God goes, I'll give you one more week. Would you spend that week complaining, griping, being angry, frustrated, ticked off at the world, or would you spend that week forgiving, calling people and tell them how much you love them, how much you appreciate? Would you go out suffering or would you go out rejoicing? You don't know you're working against the clock. Kobe Bryant, he used to live real close to me, the the basketball player. He says, the biggest mistake all of us think we have is more time. So true. And by the way, if God inhabits your praise, who inhabits your complaints? That was good. Come on. That was like a preacher moment. I feel like I want to do like a Michael Jackson, Chris Tucker thing right there. If God inhabits your praise, who inhabits your complaints? You're the one that decides your atmosphere. If you had another seven days to live, I don't know about you. I'd shift the atmosphere of my life, stop being all bitter and cynical. I know it all. I don't know about you. If you had seven days before, you're either going to heaven or hell. How many of know that would radically affect your belief system in here? How about, I don't know about you. You'd go from being like all hard to get with God to God, listen, I wanna make some stuff right, come on. Where's the blood of Jesus? Come on, where's the blood? Pastor Phil, let's do communion, but it's on Monday. I don't care, I'm showing up, communion time. (laughs) Baptize me in a freaking pond, I don't care. Come on, I ain't going to the fireplace, let's go. I wanna feed holy fire, not bad fire. You really believe that? Yeah, there's still a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I think actually we need it more in America because we've lost the reverence of God. And when you lose the reverence of God, people start doing stupid stuff. And we got gender confusion. All hey, you don't got to be confused. Look in the mirror; it'll tell you what you is. That's so disrespectful. You don't even know what people really, really. I don't really know that. I've told you a story. I was praying for a guy, a woman. And I turned around and I, I hit this guy on the shoulder and I said, the Lord says you're a powerful man. And it was a woman. That's not good as a healing minister. It's a true story. My wife was with me. Phil, I hit this woman on the top of the shoulder and I go, the Lord says you're a powerful man. And I look and it's a woman. That's not good. That really happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Holy schmoly. And then she goes, why would you even say that? I love you, you're so inspirational, Rex. I follow you, and I felt the spirit of Jesus on me. And I go, because the Lord says you're a powerful man. Rex, why would you say, she was gorgeous. Everything. (laughs) On the outside. Come on, help me with this thing. That's why the Bible says, don't let your eyes trick you. Sugar and salt look the same. That's why you can't walk by sight. That's why you got to walk by the word of God. You can't walk. You'll get tricked by what you see. Some of you think you're pouring sugar on your stuff. You're getting salt. She goes, how would you say, why would you say that about me? And finally, the Lord gave me a world worldly knowledge. I said, because at the age of four, you were molested by an uncle, and you didn't want to be molested, and since he was tormented and into boys, you hid your masculinity and femininity, and you hid as a woman, because there you would not be abused and molested, and therefore, God loves you enough to come back to get the real you so you don't live as a discount version of what life had forced you into being. How many know God don't make mistakes? Give the Lord a clap and a shout. God wants you to like who you are, love who you are, and celebrate who you are. You were made an original, like my friend John Mason came up with that quote many years ago. God made you an original. Everyone speaks this quote. Don't die a copy. Don't let your pain become some house for unclean spirits where it just morphs you into something that you're really, really not. This woman, she spent all of her time investing in getting better going to the doctor, trying the remedies, but all of her, all these remedies came up short. She's watching all of her pigeons and doves are dying off. Those are her dreams. I don't know what's maybe got you. Maybe you had a spiritual battle that created an issue for you. Maybe you made a bad choice, maybe issue. Maybe somebody hurt you and it created an issue in your life. Maybe the underlying issue for her, it wasn't visible. She was bleeding on the inside. She was bleeding, she was draining, the blood is life. Where there's blood, there's life. She was draining life. What's the issue that everybody else maybe can't see, but it's stealing your life. What is it, was the issue, I'm not enough? Something's wrong with me? Anybody ever else buy into that devil's conspiracy theory over your own life, something's wrong with you? Have you ever contemplated everything that's wrong with you? Am I the only one in here? Please don't leave me out here by myself. Why did I come out a little bit pinker than that person? Why am I not as dark as them? Why am I not as skinny as them? Why is What is wrong with me? Why would I do that? How many know those thoughts plague your mind? They begin to pervert your vision of who you are, who God made you to be, so then all of a sudden you settle. You settle. She was diagnosed by somebody. Be careful who you let misdiagnose you or diagnose you. They didn't make you. Sometimes you got to go back to your manufacturer. A product is only as good as its source. A product can't function without its inventor. You're the invention. Isn't it wise to get the inventor's knowledge on you? There's a masterpiece created in Christ to do good works. Ooh, I don't know about you. I want to go back to what he says. Here's this woman, though. She's got all these diagnoses over, and all of a sudden, helplessness starts to set in. Why are you saying that? Because if I'm talking to people right now across the globe, and I have been all over the freaking world lately, can I tell you something? People are feeling hopeless and powerless. They see it as personal. Something's wrong with me. That's the issue. Something's wrong with me. Therefore, I'm not enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not cute enough. If I was lovable enough, why did they leave? If I was lovable enough, why didn't they like me? If I was lovable enough, why did they cheat on me? If I was lovable by God enough, why did a disease show up in my family? If I was lovable enough, why am I bound by addiction or alcoholism or pills? Why am I wrestling with adrenal function or kidney disease if God really loves me? Because what happens when the issue is I'm not enough? Your second question is always, then that means I won't be loved. What's our biggest, most terrifying fear in life? You won't be loved. How many know that's true? we will do anything to not be rejected and anything to be able to feel accepted and that we're loved. That's what I love about going to the gospel. You won't find that in Allah, you won't find that in Confucius, you won't find that in Joseph Smith, you won't find that in any religious organization. You'll only find that in Jesus and his side of the relationship. I chose you to love you. I chose you to love you. I chose you to love you. I made up my mind about you. I made you to love you. I made you to love you. I made you to love you. you. you you. No matter if you screwed up last night and you're high this morning, God made you to love you. No matter if you made the worst mistake and you cheated on someone on Wednesday, God made you to love you, don't play hard to get. Don't play hard to get with God's love. That love can rescue you, can heal you, restore you. It can resurrect something inside you. David said, I've thought on your love all day long. Wouldn't that be awesome? In your mind, just to go around, God loves me. God loves me. I think it was David says, show the world how much you love me. Some of you ought to say, show my boss how much you love me. Show my spouse that's acting funky how much you love me. God, go ahead. (laughs) Show my kids how much you love me. Show my neighbors how much you love me. Just pour it out. Show the world how much you love me. I don't care what's happening in the economy. I don't care whatever virus they throw at us made in some Wu Tang or Hung Tang. I really don't care. The fact that you love me has a different outcome. I don't abide by their rules. Well, I think that, I think that, no, no, what does God think? Not what you think, what does God think? The biggest enemy to a Christian is not the devil anymore. Jesus already destroyed his works. The biggest enemy to the Christian, according to Colossians, is an unrenewed mind, a mind that thinks after human ideals, not according to the word of God. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by renewing your mind. If there's a change, a metamorphosis in you, where you come out of the cocoon, come on, and don't crawl like a bug, but you become a butterfly, and you'll find your wings, hey? how's that going to happen? All transformation or change comes in the condition of your mind. Here's this woman, she's struggling to find a way out of her dilemma. You ever been there? I know what it's like fighting for my wife's health, measuring, measuring blood clots after she came back to life after dying, giving birth to my daughter. I know what that's like. And the, 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 the people would come in and they would say, what do you want to do? And they said, you want to pray over this bag of blood? we got to do another blood transfusion. Trying to find a remedy. Come on, just trying to do anything you can because you want to find a way out. But then one day, she'd exhausted all of her money. The natural can only take her so far. See, some of you are so frustrated because you're looking in the natural and your answer's in the spiritual. How many know when you get into the spiritual, you're at, you watch, it can change the natural? Watch how powerful. She hears these reports about Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Come on, you got five minutes, watch this. She hears reports about Jesus. She's hearing, maybe someone came by and go, Hey, did you hear about Jesus? He raised a boy that was dead at Nain. Hey, did you hear about Jesus? He opened the eyes of the blind. Hey, did you hear about Jesus? He turns the water into wine for drunk people. Hey, did you hear about Jesus? He raised Lazarus from the dead. Hey, do you hear about Jesus? There was a miracle catch when he told them to launch out into the deep. Have you heard about Jesus? She started hearing reports about Jesus. Whose voice is renting space in your head? Faith comes by hearing God's word. If we abide in the word, as pastor teaches us, we can know truth and truth can set us free. Wouldn't you want to know truth in your life? Wouldn't it be great to stop lying to ourselves sometimes and just tell ourselves the truth? How many know when you deal with truth, there's mercy? If you deal with the truth, say, man, I'm struggling with jealousy, there's freedom to heal it. I'm struggling with addiction, there's freedom to heal it. How many know I'm struggling with fear, let's confront fear, there's freedom to feel it. But as long as I live in denial, it's how I stay stuck. Maybe that's why the scripture says, confess your sin and then God will forgive you and cleanse you from it and then confess your righteousness and God will give you power to break through it. What are you hearing? The measure of thought and study you give to truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and power that comes back to you. So she heard reports of Jesus She heard reports of Jesus. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Stay in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hear what Jesus is doing. Hear what Jesus is doing. I don't know about you. That's the only person that's celebrated like as the king of kings and the lord of lords in heaven. They're not going to celebrate the Kardashians in heaven. They're not going to celebrate, come on, what Lady Gaga's doing in heaven. They don't care, come on, what Drake's new single is in heaven. They're going to worship one person. His name's Jesus. One person that split time. He's the king of kings. He's the king. Give the Lord a clap. Give Jesus a clap. I want to make people hungry for Jesus again. Passionate about Jesus again. I know so many people that are into being Christian. They don't even know what Jesus is. Who are you? I'm a Christian. What does that mean? I don't know. We have, we have confused Christians. We have racist Christians. We got Christians that are all religious about you have to do a bunch of stuff. I don't know about you. You can't, you ask them, I listen to Christian music. This is my favorite ones. I got my Christian bumper sticker. I got my Christian radio on all the time. I got my Christian speakers I listen to. What about Jesus? Well, I don't know about Jesus. I don't know about the blood. I don't know about his name. I don't know about his word. I don't know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about the fruit of the Spirit, but I know about being Christian. You can take your Christian. I don't wanna be a Christian if that's the case. I wanna be a Jesus follower. Not just a Jesus believer, a Jesus follower. Anybody in here with me? Let me help this with you. You can be a believer and remain in darkness. You can be a believer and stay in sin. You can be a believer, come on, and stay in bondage to things. But you can't be a follower and stay in it. Jesus didn't come to anybody and say, believe on me. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. Someone say it, follow me. He's saying to you today, he's saying to Rex today, follow me, Rex. I don't know where you are in your life right now. Follow me. I know the way out because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. I was the light that brought them through a red sea. I was the, come on, I'm the way maker. I'm not trying to believe. He told me to Follow. He has the words to eternal life. Peter said, what am I going to go back to? A fisherman business that made me a lot of money? You got the words of eternal life. Anybody still believe in eternal life? Eternal life. If you have the son, you have the life, the Bible says. If you don't have the son, you don't have the life of God. I write these things to you who believe and follow the son that you would know that you have it, not hope, not wonder, but you have eternal life. Anybody got eternal life in here? If today was your last moment, you know that you're crossing out of this body and you're stepping into heaven. It won't be your termination. It'll be your transition. But the deeds in this body are to, to watch the destiny of the next. What you do here will determine what you do there. If you weren't faithful here, then you won't have the same stock there. If you only put a 10% into the kingdom, you ain't going to be in certain places. I think some of the most powerful people in heaven are going to be people that were praying all the time. Grandmothers and mothers and people that knew how to slap the devil upside the head. They might not be on a stage, but they were giving. They were saying, go, Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done. There are going to be some grandfather. come on, that were mowing the grass, praying for their little nephews and nieces, their little grandmother, come on, praying in the Holy Ghost, rabba Shatata. Why are you preaching that? Pay attention to what's happening in the world. We're seeing things happen before our very eyes. I'm not doom and gloom. Jesus said, work it and do business and occupy it till I come. The only way you can do it is by faith. Come on, anybody got faith? Come on. Not parked faith. Come on. Not museum faith that just praises well, all the things that God used to do. Come on. Not safe faith. Don't settle for safe. But I'm talking about faith, a living faith. If your faith is put on trial, is there enough evidence over the last month to convict you? Well, how do you know? How, how would you measure it? Faith is only measured by what it talks about, but it comes by what you hear about. So if all you do is listen to Drake, then I might say, your faith will be in the wrong thing. That's talking to a guy who actually writes lyrics for some of the rappers with Snoop and other people. I actually have written some stuff that's actually produced. Ice Tees tease people. So what do you mean? Have you ever listened to a song and it could be a good song and it's not like a Christian song and then all of a sudden you hear some words and you're ooh. Anybody ever felt grieved in your heart when you listen to something? What do we say? Like I don't know about you, what you listen to affects you. I don't know about you, I want the word of God to frame my future and frame my world. This woman heard the words of Jesus and when she did it changed her. There was a woman, Marina Chapman, five years old. I beg you, look at me just for a second. Five years of age in Columbia. She was five years old playing in her backyard and she was stolen by human traffickers. Five years of age and she was dropped in a jungle. Hours away, they dropped her off in the jungle. She sat there, she cried out, mama, 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 but mama never came. Daddy, 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 a five-year-old scared to death. Doesn't barely know her ABCs and one, two, threes. And no one ever came. She got so exhausted and hungry, she fell asleep in the middle of the jungle. She woke up and she was surrounded by monkeys, all different sizes and colors. And she was scared, Mama, come help! Mama, come help! Nobody came. The big monkey, first of all, the big one came along and he swatted her. And she goes, Ow! The other ones came and started putting their fingers all over her head and her eyes. And she yelled, Stop it! It says, she said they froze. Little teaching point right there. The enemy will mess with you until you tell him to stop, by the way. You get what you tolerate. If you can tolerate depression, you'll get more this week. If you can tolerate being tormented, being perverted, being messed up, living afraid, not feeling fear, but living afraid, it's a choice. Feeling fear is not a sin. Living afraid is a choice and a sin. Whatever's not faith is. We don't talk about that, I know. It helps us to do that. Why? Because you realize you appreciate the cross. Your victories in the cross. Why are you so aggressive with that? Because the cross is the power of God to save me and you, that only the grace of God could have done it, only the grace of God could have chosen for you, and only his power can pull it off in your life. This girl was freaked out. Help! They freaked out. She said, stop it! All the, all the monkeys stopped. She said that they, they startled. She didn't know what to do, so she started following them around. Five years old. Mom never came. Days turned into other days. Days turned into weeks. She always she learned how to eat when she watched the monkeys and how they'd get like the little leaves and the water would drip down in their throat. She'd get the little berries. She survived living like a monkey. They became okay with her. So she learned to climb like a monkey. Within a matter of weeks, she no longer walked, she climbed. Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, months turned into years. For five years, Marina Chapman lived and functioned as a monkey a lost child that had been abducted out of her backyard, functioning, living in the middle of a tree. One day she saw something shiny on the ground. She went and picked it up and when she looked at it, there was two eyes looking at her and she freaked out and she threw the thing back down. She was scared but then she went back and picked it up and she looked at it, it was a mirror. She looked at herself, and when she looked at herself in the mirror, she realized she had knowledge for the first time that she wasn't a monkey. She didn't know what she was, but she saw in the mirror what she wasn't. And she said, I gotta find out who I am. In the middle of a jungle, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of being scared, in the middle of not living according to who she was. She was living like an animal. She saw herself for the first time in a mirror, and she said, I knew what I wasn't. Do you know the Bible says that the word of God is a mirror? That when you look inside of the word of God, you will find out what you isn't and you'll find out what you is. You'll find out you're not a diagnosis. You'll find out that you're healed. You'll find out in the mirror of the word of God that you're not bound anymore. You'll find out that you've been freed. You'll find out that you're no longer bound by sin but you've been forgiven. When you discover who you are she found herself in a mirror, she held on to that mirror and became questioned, who am I? Today, she's 70 years old. She's a grandmother. She still climbs trees like a monkey with her grandkids. True story. But she got into the word of God, and she said the knowledge of God and the reports of Jesus changed her vision of who she was. Yeah. Ooh. Don't forget what manner of person God's made you. Watch how powerful. i got to end here. I'm going to pray. She heard reports of Jesus, and all of a sudden, she she says, I gotta make a decision, I gotta make a move. How many know your decisions, not your conditions, determine your destiny? Let me say that again because you need to remember that. Decisions, not conditions, determine destiny. How many of you know well, you can see people, two people from the same family that were come from an alcoholic family? One repeats alcoholism and carries it on to another generation. The other sibling, they say, Because of that, because of that mess, I'm not gonna do that anymore, and they live a sober life. How many know that's true? Born in the same situation, somebody else made a different decision. How many know your decisions make or break you? And the reality is you're gonna arrive by the way in one year from now. Unless you go to heaven, you're gonna arrive one year from now. The question is who you're gonna be? What will you be about? Who will your friends be? What will life be about for you? Are you gonna do a rerun these next three hundred and sixty five days? Or would today be a day, I'm gonna make one new decision. How many know one new decision? You can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction in one moment. I'm, you know, making a daily, I'm going to use my faith to make a decision. I can choose life or death. She made a decision and she made a decision by doing this. She says, I'm going to change what I say. All of a sudden this woman started saying, you know what? I'm going to touch Jesus and I will be made well. The word will be means it must happen. See, some of you live more with your should list than the must list. The difference in your lives are your shoulds versus your must. I should do this, I should do that, I should do this, and you should all over yourself. Every one of you like that and you're afraid to laugh because you're like, oh my gosh, is that okay to say church? Did Jesus ever say, "I, I should go to the cross, guys. I should go to the cross and take all your sin and be whipped so they can no longer see my body and my face completely dismembered so you couldn't even tell I was a human being. I should do that. Do you think his should was gonna give him enough power to go through that for you? I should work the works of God. I should heal the sick. No, 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 no. He said, I must be about my father's business. I'm anointed to heal all oppressed of the devil. Oh, he didn't say the oppressed of God. He said the oppressed of the devil. I know John MacArthur types would like you to believe that you're oppressed by God and you need to suffer, but my Bible tells me how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to go about doing good, healing all that are oppressed by the devil. Don't call the devil's work and attribute it to a good, loving, faithful God. He's good. Come on. If you were to put some of the stuff that they accuse God of putting on, you'd be put in jail for child abuse. God's not an abuser, he's a lover. He's a good father, no good, every good and perfect gift. No good thing will he give, will not give to you. Come on. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Why'd you call somebody out? Because I hate that teaching that unravels and makes the word of God of no effect, have no tradition in your life, and it stops people believing God is good 100% of the time. You got a great God and a bad devil. Stop attributing bad things to a good God. They only exist on earth because more people are in agreement with the devil than they are with God. But if you get an agreement with God in your home, you become the majority. Salvation can come to your home. Joy can come to your home. Abundance can come to your home, no matter who's in power. His kingdom's bigger than the political system. She said, I shall be healed. I shall be healed. My wife, when she was sitting there doing blood transfusion, we shall walk out of here healed. You ain't dying. You shall be healed. When I put all those 10 doctors in a room, I say, you ain't putting your hands on my wife without me praying for you. I don't need you to be smart. I need God to work through you. To you, that's just patient 11612. That's my wife. I love her. That's bone of my bone. That's my soulmate. I got forever in those eyes. To you, you're going to go home to your kid. I don't need you to be smart. I need God to work through you. She's walking out of here healed. Therefore, God needs to work through you. The surgeon goes, are you for real? You're a different brother. I go, you ain't teasing. I go, she goes, okay, bring it on. I don't even think she was a Christian. I said, Jesus, in your name, I command my wife to walk out of here. Heal the made whole by your power. Use all these people that don't believe in you and do believe in you. The dead nurse goes, dead doctor, excuse me, surgeon goes, hey, can I just go take one more shot at something before we go and have a, a really extreme surgery that was put my wife's life in jeopardy again? She goes, I'm going to go try. And clots the size like this, came out of my wife and it saved her life supernaturally after you prayed, after we started declaring God's word. How many know that the 12 spies that could have gone in and possessed the land, only two possessed? Joshua and Caleb. The other 12, other 10, they got what they said. God, in the Numbers 14 28 says, you will get exactly what you say. I'll do for them what they've said. How many of you would like me to schedule a personal appointment with Jesus tomorrow at your house? I got the up. I got him on speed dial. Come on, somebody. Hey. We're tight like that. Come on, somebody. I know the Holy Ghost. Come on, he's got personal access. Okay, so here's the deal. If I set you up for 10 o'clock tomorrow, would you be there on time? Or would you like, hold on, Jesus? I'm so busy right now. I'm looking on my TikTok videos. I got to make sure I got enough likes. I'm so busy on Instagram and Facebook. Jesus, I got stuff going on. Oh my gosh. Or would you turn off Fox News, come on, turn off CNN News, and would you actually be present if Jesus showed up at your house at 10? Okay. So if he's going to show up tomorrow, he's going to show up tomorrow, I'll, I'll tell him at 12 o'clock tomorrow, okay? 12 o'clock, everybody's cool at 12 o'clock? Go a lunch break, right? Even if you're a kid, come on, go to the bathroom for 10 minutes. Okay? Here it is, watch. So if he's going to show up at 12 o'clock tomorrow... And if Jesus promises to show up and there's one situation in your life that you would ask him to speak to, how many know if he speaks to it, it's changing? He rebukes the winds, they're gone. Come on, somebody. He speaks to the dead, they're coming back to life. He speaks to what's sick, come on, it's being well. What's disabled is being enabled. What's weak is becoming strong. If there's one area that you would have him speak to tomorrow at 12 o'clock on Monday, Lunes, come on. For all my Hispanic people out there, come on, hala. Lunis, right on Monday, twelve o'clock. Okay? What would you have him speak to? Tell the person next to you. Tell him, come on, I got two minutes left. What would you have him speak to? Your health, your finances? Tell the person next to you. Let's go. Come on, come on, don't be holla. What would you have him talk to? Somebody yell at me. Finances. Okay, come on. Debt, come on, debt. Healing for what? Okay. Anybody else? Mental health. Come on. Anybody else? Faith. Faith. Come on. Somebody else. Come on. Holla. Don't leave me out here by myself. (laughs) Wisdom. Wisdom. Come on. All right. Well, what if God says, okay, if I show up and I put my word in your mouth, but you got to speak it, would you speak it, address it, or you be waiting for him to do it? Hebrews 1.3, God upholds all things by the word of his power. What does that mean? He didn't say that God, watch, he, he didn't say he by his power of his word, but by the word of his power. Why is it the word of his power? that because that when you begin to speak God's word, just like Jesus speaks God's word, it's just as powerful in your mouth as it is in his mouth. What it would do if Jesus was there in his physical form in your kitchen, dealing with your debt, dealing with your mental health, it's just as powerful. Your faith can't work unless it speaks. Some of you got to stop running at your Goliath with your mouth closed. You need to open your mouth and run at your giant and say, you're coming down in the name of the Lord. I'm going to take your head from you. I'm going to take that debt off my family. You're, you're leaving my house. Infirmity, you're getting off my body. Oh, that's for the emotional charismatics. <laughs> no, no, it's for truth tellers. The mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. She says, "I gotta touch Jesus and I'll be well." Touch Jesus. She pressed through a crowd. I don't know what she gotta press through. Maybe your feelings. Maybe your pity. Why? Because pity loves to build an identity around what you've been through and your pain. It worships comfort and pain, not the Jesus, the Savior. You can't have. I told my little girl this week, "I can't have pity and power at the same time. I gotta decide which one I want." Someone say that. Say, "I can't have pity and power." What's it gonna be for me? Oh my gosh, that means I gotta get up all my give up all my victim stories of why I haven't, why it hasn't worked out, why it can't. Come on, that was then. Today's a new day. Come on, faith is now. How many know you make a brand new decision? She pressed through a crowd and she touched him. That word means touch she means she identified and attached himself to him. And when he did, all of a sudden his power went through her. Some of you aren't just gonna touch him like a little touch. Some of you need to mainline him and attach yourself to him. When I came out of pro baseball, I didn't want like a religious Jesus. I needed a living savior that I could walk with all the days of my life. Someone that knew how to change me, transform me, who knew everything about me, but it required me not just saying, I'm going to do a little bit. You want to be a 30% person, you get a 30-fold result. You want to be a 30-fold husband or spouse, you get 30% in your marriage. You wonder why it's flatlining, it's because you show up with 30%. Whatever you sow, you, however you show up, you get. Oh, it's no longer who you're in a relationship with. It's who you choose to be in the relationship that determines its quality. And if you do at the end, like you did at the beginning, you don't have an ending. Man, that was good. Amen. (laughs) If you'll do more to keep them than did more than just to win them, you don't have an ending to it. Oh, my goodness. Come on, imagine the way you treated someone at the beginning of a relationship. Baby, what do you want me to do? Take out the trash. Okay, sure. Three years in, you do it. <laughs> Baby, can you, the, can you go get that toothpaste for me? You know the kind that I like, that Colgate kind, that little cool mint. You know, why don't you go save on it? Go get it yourself. Go, go, to, go, go to Walgreens yourself and get it. Come on. It's amazing, but at the beginning, you would do anything for the person you love. How many know if you say a 30% person, you were 100%, what's reduced you? Some of you need to feed your fire again. Come on, let your fountain be blessed. Let your relationship with God. Leviticus says, feed the fire on the altar. Somebody needs to feed their fire. Stop playing with ashes and feed a fire. When I'm coming to look for you, God goes, are you going to find any passion inside you, any energy? We're Passion Life Church. If you are a Jesus follower, anybody in here a Jesus follower? you have a responsibility to be the happiest, most joyful, passionate people on the planet, no matter if the emo kids don't want you to be. We should be able to look at you and go, there's something different on them. Man, they got a different energy. They got a different power. Everywhere I go, and I don't, I don't make, I'm not bragging on nothing but other God's goodness. Those that look to God become radiant and they're not ashamed. You look to God, you become radiant. You look to God, you become radiant. You look to Jesus, you become radiant. You reflect him, the true light. People all the time, they go, dude, you, you got like an energy. You got like an aura about you. You got like a wisdom on you. I go, I know, it's awesome. What's like, where do you get all that? I know him. I mainline him. I, I'm not 30%, I'm in. Anybody going to go all in? If Jesus was to say honestly, you and him had a conversation when he said, you're about a 40% person. He's 100%. Are you a 40% back or are you a 10% back? Are you a tithe of your life? He doesn't want weekend visitation. He wants full custody. Ooh, that's good. Come on. She touches him and she's healed. Watch. She touches him and she's healed. This woman the other day, She stretched her hand out. I was at my friend Mike Maiden's church, MS, for 13 years, excruciating pain. Thousands of people in the place. She grabbed me. She grabbed me. I stayed for three and a half hours that night and prayed for people till over midnight. Dragged my butt out of there. Could hardly see straight. And she grabbed me. And when she did, power of God went through my body into her body. She started screaming. You could hear the shriek in her. A young mother. She goes, ah! She started screaming. I go, I didn't know what happened. If she was in pain, she was having like a spasm, or what happened. She goes, the first time I, I have not been feeling pain in 13 years. Every bit of it left. She started screaming. One woman got aggressive. She says, I'm going to touch God. I'm going to touch God. And the power of God went through a human's body into her body. That woman took off, started running around the stage, started running with no pain for the very first time in her life. She kicked off her shoes. Come on. She had a great, she had this experience all by herself. She came unglued and lost her, Her I think she lost her sight of where she was, but she started screaming and shouting and jumping just the way they did in the Bible. Someone's going to get your shout back in here. Someone's going to get your heal- health back in here. Lift your hands for a minute. Lift your hands for a minute, I'm done speaking. Say Jesus, if there's anybody who could play a little bit behind me, it'd be awesome by the way. Say Jesus, thank you today for comforting me, for challenging me, and for loving me today. I respond to you. I thank you that you don't give up on me. I thank you that you're working on my behalf. Thank you for Miracle Sunday. That I'm breaking out in every area of my life. Healing is for me. Peace is for me. Freedom is for me. Redemption is mine. Someone who says, "Say redemption is mine." Yeah, just place softly behind me. That'd be awesome. If every one of us could stand in this place and just lift your hands for a minute. I won't keep you long and I'll pray for people today. People are going to get better in this place today. How many of you got to touch your body? How many of you got to bring healing to your bodies? Lift your hand. Okay. If you see somebody with their hand uplifted, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Come around them. You don't have to be, yeah, just put your, we care. That's what I love about our church. We pray for each other and we see God work and do miracles because we, we care and we pray for each other. If you can, yeah, just a little bit loud, that'd be awesome, thank you. We're gonna pray here. Lord, I pray your healing presence right now would flow through people's bodies. We command every bit of sickness and infirmity and pain to lift off people. I pray people's kidneys would be healed today. Neurological dysfunction would be reversed. I pray depression would lift people off people, people's conscience that have been darkened because of bad choices. I pray in subconscious, I pray it'd be healed today. Creative miracle healings. I pray, Lord, you'd remove arthritic problems and back pain, lower back pain. I pray people that have had racing hearts, Lord, I pray that their hearts would be to the rhythm of life. Right now, I can feel your healing presence. Many of you are going to start feeling a warmth go through your body. It's a tangible sign that Jesus' presence is bringing healing to your body. Flow, Holy Spirit, right now into people's bodies. Remove every bit of pain, arthritic problems. I pray full vision would be restored to people, cataracts would be healed, plaque would be removed from people's arteries. No strokes, no heart attacks in here, God. Let this be a stroke-free, a heart attack-free zone. I pray that people that have had damaged hearts would be healed. And I pray for marriages that are even broken and disconnected and that are struggling. I pray that you would revive love in their hearts for each other, I pray. Let love be awakened, I pray. Let love be awakened. I pray supernatural for creative miracles over people's finances in here. Debts to be supernatural canceled. Somebody with an $11,000 outstanding debt, Lord, I pray that it would be supernaturally reversed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. Who has around $11,000 that you owe? $11,000. If that's you, just raise your hand at me. Can you even wave your hand at me if you had like around $11,000 at you? For real? Okay, come here. I just really felt that in my mind. Let's believe God for that. A guy that works for me who comes with me sometimes when I've come to this church, I gave him a word that that his debt would be canceled, his school debt. $58,000 he owed, and one day he went to pay it. And they go, sir, it's already been paid off. He goes, but I didn't pay it off. He goes, well, all we know how to tell you is it's paid off. God gave him a word in a meeting and he did something supernatural. How many know God's big enough? Lord, I thank you for eliminating the debt. I thank you for multiplying the seed she's sown. Bam. I thank you for supernatural increase over her life. In Jesus name. Who has problems in their kidneys? You have a problem like a kidney. Where are you at? Wave your wave at me. A kidney. You miss. Can I pray for you for a minute? Can you come to the front quickly? Thank you so much. Can you help me? Thank you, brother. I'll stay on the stage just for a second here. What's wrong with your kidneys, my love? Kidney stones. That's very uncomfortable and painful. Can you guys believe with me for my friend today? Can we believe for her? Anybody with me on this thing? I feel your faith in the back. I see you, miss. Come on, I like you. Yeah, girl, come on. All right. What's your first name again? Remind me. Jane. Jane. I love you, Jane. I love your smile. You beam. Jesus, let your healing presence right now flow through Jane's body. Come on, everybody agree. Say, in Jesus' name, we command these stones to go. And healing to come to her kidneys. Healing belongs to Jane because Jesus took her pain. So healing can come. Boom, flow through her body right now. Thank you, Jesus, all the way through her body. I curse those stones and command them to wither away and all that pain and all the fluid buildup to be Lord, to be removed. And I thank you for healing, Lord, even touching her female organs. Thank you for, Lord, her whole body. Thank you for touching her neurological system. I see the Lord even touching neurons in your brain. And Lord, I thank you for blood vessels opening all over her body. Open, 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 open. You're going to feel like you're going to feel like a tingly all over your head. Your neurological function and your body, your biochemistry is going to be changed. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing life into this body. In Jesus name, you feel that in your body. That's wild. Thank you, God. Move your body. Look for healing. Move, look around. Look. Yeah. We're all watching you, it's really well. Come on, you're a good prayer person. I like you. Get to know you. You're like a prayer woman. Come on. What happened to your foot? You broke it. When did you break it? Okay? can can you come in front of everybody? Are you open to this? The lady last week that jumped out of a wheelchair, and you can go watch it online. It's a true story. A woman that had been in a wheelchair for two years, about 38 to 40 years of age. She had a big old boot on, and we prayed. She goes, let's take the, thing, the boot off, and let's go for it. She took off in front of everybody. It truly happened in Southern California. You can walk it on, look at it online. Watch how wild this is. I'm going to pray for her. Something good's going to happen. Okay, ready? It's going to be cool. Come on. This is the big moment. You ready? Come on. You've been praying this whole week. Come on. You can't. I need you now. Let's do it. Why do you do that? It doesn't have to be a scary thing. We just love people. Why do you pray for people? Because I care. It's easy like most ministers and our church doesn't believe that here. You see a lot of pastors, they speak a word and they run off the stage to go away from the sheep as quickly as possible. Aren't shepherds supposed to smell like their sheep? Aren't you grateful for a church that wants to get messy? Cause miracles can be a little messy. Sometimes they're not easy. Sometimes they start out in pain, but how many know God's a healer and if we can walk miracles out two are better than one. Come on. Hey, are you glad a part of that? I don't know about you. That's the kind of people I want in my world. That's why I love your pastors. Jesus, thank you for your healing presence flowing through her body. Now I command that foot to be healed and be restored stronger than it was that tendon on the outside that tendon right there. Let your healing presence flow through that. You're gonna feel a warmth. Go through her leg, all the way down her calf. And I thank you into her heel and strength, supernatural strength, all throughout her body. Thank you, God, for, thank you. This is gonna be really cool. Okay, you ready? What if it doesn't work? What if it does? Why would we pray and then expect God not to do it? Right? Have you ever prayed for something and they're like, oh, but I'm expecting the worst. Why would you pray for the best and expect the worst? You get what you expect, not just what you ask. So why don't we expect and agree? Come on. is it ready? All right. Can we, okay, I want to, are you open to the idea of maybe taking that boot off with me? Okay. Let's take the boot off. Let's go for it. of you guys to help. This is your big moment. Come on. You're better than Taylor Swift, guys. Let's go. Forget about the Eras tour. This is better right now. Someone's boots gonna come off. <laughs> Taylor Swift didn't do that. She just told you a bunch of stories about men she don't like no more. Come on, it's true. You know it's true. Bless her heart. She made four billion dollars though. Good for her. She needs to send some money of that. Come on. She needs to send some of that to Passion Life Church. Okay. I want you to hold my hand. Okay. I got her, I got her completely. Come on. Watch how cool this feels. How good does that feel? When was the last time you, when you did that without the boot? About two months ago. Is there a difference for real? This isn't Christian TV, no trick photography. You haven't walked on it without the boot for how long? Two months. Come on, why don't we give the Lord a clap? This is awesome. You guys prayed. Should we expect anything different? Does it feel stronger? It feels better. Yeah. What's what's the difference in it? Walk strong. Watch that. I did this at the White House. You can move your toes. Come on. This is cool. I like your shoes. Come on. What a good day, huh? You didn't even know it was going to be bonus day. We got to take off your shoes at church. This is awesome. Like you went back to the hippie Jesus movement days at Passion Life Church. Come on. Why don't we give the Lord a clap and a shout? That's awesome. Come on. Come on. That's awesome. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, choose somebody. I'm going to pray for him. You choose. You're my you're my prayer partner up here. They didn't even know we was family. This young lady with the glasses. This young lady with the glasses. What's her name? Tochi. Tochi? What a cool name. That's a dope name. Man, I I messed up when I called my daughter Kira. I should have called her Tochi. That's cool. I love it. What a gift. You were the singer. Wow, what a gift you are. Oh my gosh. She's going to Nashville for what, Pastor? She's going to Nashville to compete. You need to give me her info so I can give it to Matt, who does the Tennessee Titans in the stadium, so we can maybe be good to her. Can you do that? A friend of mine, he's come here. He needs to come here with me. I need to, we need to have him. He won on American Idol, and then he's, he is like, he's with Luke Bryant and Jason Aldean. I'm supposed to be with him next weekend uh, if I decide to go. Matt Rogers, go look him up online. Yeah. Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I thank you for your healing presence that just touched my friend. I thank you for the favor that's on Tochi, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, she goes strong in you. I thank you that, Lord, that her sound produces and releases your presence that lifts burdens off people, lets people feel again, lets people dream again, love again. I thank you that, Lord, her secret power is in you. Her secret power is the presence of God. Thank you that she's a worshiper, not a singer. She's an atmosphere changer. She's a thermostat in a room. I thank you. She doesn't just know how to read a room. I thank you that she affects the environment of a room. And I thank you that Lord, I thank you that even people that have been critics in her past, that they're going to stand in amazement at where you put her in her future. I thank you father for favor in Jesus name. And you're going to feel such a surge of confidence. There's going to be a gift of faith in you that you're going to own the stage. You're not just going to you're going to own stages in life. You're going to walk into meetings, you're going to walk into places with great boldness and confidence like Deborah in the Bible. When men wouldn't stand, a woman stood. A mama stood. And when that woman stood, the environment changed in a whole nation. God raise up Deborahs everywhere, I pray. Raise up some powerful women in Jesus name. Amen. Do you feel that heat going through your feet? Like, do you feel that energy going through your feet and stuff for real? Down that left side of your foot? Isn't that wild? I felt like you're going to have a new energy through you, what you did, like God's grace. He's going to strengthen The Bible says you'll establish your steps and steady the work of your hands, but he'll establish your goings. You're feeling that supernaturally, like the woman, the issue of blood, because he's strengthening you for where he's about to take you. This is just a sign for what he's going to do, for where he's taking you. And he's got you. When you walk in there, you walk with an unfair advantage. Everybody else is trying to get places you're already anointed to be. Does that make sense? There's a yellow brick road. You don't got to let any bear, tiger, bear, or lion chase you off your yellow brick road. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. God bless you. That's awesome. I'm glad you chose her. Come on, girl. Okay, wait. Who's got, you got challenges with your ear? Somebody have challenges with your ear? Like your ear? Like, like your ear? You do? She does? Okay. Lord, help us. I'm going to try to come back there. You got to help me a little bit. I know. Pray for me, right? This wasn't part of like the, uh, here we go. Look at that. That's impressive. Come on. 16 states, six countries, and I'm still able to walk on stilts. Okay. Where am Who am I praying for? Your ears? What's happened with her ears? A lot of wax. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you want God to help you? Do you want God to help you or you want to do it your own way? What would you want? You want God to help you? Okay, I won't embarrass you. I did that on purpose, you know. Why did you ask that question? Because some people, they rather, they, and it's good that she's young. She's able to think, do I want God's help or do I want to do it in my own power? God will let anybody do it in their own power, but I want to do it with God's power. How I many of us His grace is bigger, huh? What's your beautiful name? Isabel. Isabel. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. It's really cool. Okay. And when you pray for you, you're going to feel like a warmth that's going to go around that ear, your left ear specifically. Okay, close your eyes. Say, Jesus, please help me. And take all this stuff out of my ears so I can hear better. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Okay, can I put my hands on your ear? Is that okay? Okay. Can you stretch your hands toward her? Is that okay? Would Jesus let her walk at her and go, well, if it's God's will, or would Jesus say, I'm going to do something about it? He would, wouldn't he? We can all read that in the Gospels, can't we? So let's do it together. You ready? Come on, everybody with me? Come on, let's do it. Can you hold this? I need you to hold this. You're my guy right now. Come on. I love it. Okay. Jesus, we thank you for bringing healing into beautiful Isabella. Command this ears to completely open. You would dissolve all the tightness and all the stuff that's in there, the wax, you would dissolve it. And I pray you'd bring healing all throughout her ears. There it is, you're gonna feel a warmth go through the ear and the eardrum. There it goes, oh, there it goes. Do you feel hot on your ears? Yeah? Watch us, you're just going to get. Give me, give me three seconds. What does it feel like? What does it feel like, my love? If you did know, what, what does it feel like? Does it feel any different? It does? Like how? It sounds a little louder? In what ear? Both of them? Move your head back to bed. When's the doctor's appointment? Next Friday. Friday. Lord, when they go in there, I thank you that those doctors will see what we prayed for today. There's a reason you felt that. She's young. I'm not trying to make her feel embarrassed. There's a reason she felt that in her ears. That didn't come, I don't have any special effects. How many know Jesus is answering our prayers? He's here with us. And it's almost time for us to go to come on and eat and watch football and have a great time and a good day today. But I would have read. and also one says you're about to enter a great season of your life. Can I say this to you? Life's been hard ever since you've been little. You were highlighted to me when I first stood on the stage today. I almost did not speak. I almost came right up to you. But today is going to be a day that you're going to exit one chapter where you knew so much hurt. And this next chapter of your life, you're going to feel so much hope. God's gonna make some things up to you and he's gonna heal the earth. You're, you're fine, just close your eyes, I won't let anybody anything negative, nothing bad will happen to you, honey, I love, promise you. And God, I thank you for restoring my friend's soul, for bringing hope in every place that she's known. Lord, hurt, harm, defeat. I thank you today that a spirit of defeat would be broken off my friend today and that lord a new sense of victory that life's changing for me that my life's going to end well my relationships are going to end well my mind's going to end well thank you for healing all throughout her body her mind her soul i thank you jesus for your incredible love for her that will never leave her never abandon her i thank you for your love that will keep her all of her days and putting things back together again i thank you for it in the name of jesus Thank you, God, you're going to feel again. There's a song by One Republic, feel again. I feel like that's going to become an anthem in your life. You're just going to feel again where things have felt numb and hurt. You're going to feel again hope all over your heart and your mind and your soul. In Jesus' name, God's proud of you. He's proud of you. He's proud of what you've overcome. He's proud that when you've survived, you chose to survive and not to to give out. He's proud of you. He's proud of you. You need to hear that from God as a father. He's proud of you. And all the expectations are off. You don't have to be everything for everybody. You're free to be you and do you. Thank you, Jesus, for peace. And you watch your sleeping patterns. You're about to sleep. You're about to rest and feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've gained three years back on my life. Thank you, Jesus. And watch what he does this Christmas. You're about to have the greatest Christmas you've had in the last 13 of them. You're about to have a moment this Christmas. It's going to be supernatural. God's going to give you such a special holiday season And watch what he has for you coming to your life in February. Right around the corner, there's something that's about to come to your life, the early part of February, that's going to come into your world. And it's going to be a gift from him to your life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Can we give the Lord a big old clap today? Come on, can we give the Lord a big, 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 big clap? I'm gonna pray for you too. Jesus, let healing flow through her body. Let healing flow throughout all of her body. Stretch your hands towards this wonderful woman real quick. Holy Spirit flow through her body. I rebuke every bit of infirmity. It doesn't happen in heaven, it doesn't exist in heaven because there's no agreement with it there. We don't agree with sickness on earth. It might've come to us, but it's not coming to stay, it's coming to leave. Thank you God for restoring health to my beautiful friend. Thank you, God, healing belongs to her, flow through her body. Thank you, Lord, for removing, Lord, swelling, inflammation. And I thank you for healing from the crown of her head. There it is, flow all through her body and her organs. I can feel His healing power flowing through your body. Move your neck around, move your body around. Watch how good you're gonna feel. Energy and life flowing through your body. I rebuke every infirmity of your body. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name. Life Church, come on, Passion Life Church. Come on, can we give it up for a minute to the Lord? Come on, can we give it up to the Lord real quick? I know it's time to go. Everybody grab hands with somebody on your left and right. Cross the aisles. Come on, grab hands with you. We're family here. Come on, we do life together as family. We went a little bit longer today. I'm a family member. There's always an uncle that goes a little long. I was an uncle that went a little bit too long. Sorry about that, I apologize. I try to be tight on my time, forgive me. Can you pray for them for just 10 seconds that something special would happen for them this week and that God would give them the most incredible, incredible fall season? Will you pray for them just for 10 seconds? Come on, pray the best you know how. Lord, I pray for great miracles over all of our families, miracles in our home, great peace, great provision, great favor with God and great favor with man great favor with God and great favor with people. Thank you that Lord, we bless this city. We bless this area. We thank you that our church is blessed. The people came in blessed. They're leaving blessed, blessed financially, blessed in their health, blessed in their marriages, blessed with their children. And we thank you, God, that this is a week of incredible, miraculous intervention in Jesus name. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.